Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Silver, and welcome to Geekologist Radio, where we take you through our queue and ride the hype train into the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Mr. Damian Nash. What's going on, everybody? I am excited to talk all the things. All the things. And then, of course, we have Mr. Fats. Hello. This is the first time I've been on an actual introduction at the start of an episode in several yes. weeks. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, but we so, know, but hello. you've always been there. Like, you're just lurking in the background. Oh, I'm always, always here. here. It doesn't matter. I am always there. It's As, as uh, what's her name would say, Ross would say. Always watching. It's actually kind of creepy, but... Always watching. Anyways. <laughs> uh, all right. It's been a long well, day. First off, it has been. It has been. <laughs> I have not slept yet, by the way. And it's been over... I was supposed to sleep earlier and it didn't happen. Uh, Fantastic. So... Sounds like sounds like you're whining. Oh, Stop oh whining. knock it off. Uh, so, Aaron omissions. I have one. And... I'm just going to say, F you, HBO, you're an a-hole. So, I talked about dog soldiers. What Dude, about- they're, enough, they're under enough stress right now with the whole garbage act thing and everything. Leave HBO alone. <laughs> they're trying. Well, so, I said that Kevin McKidd was the Night King, the human form. Well, he's from Dog Soldiers, HBO's and HBO's Rome. He was wanted to play the pivotal role in J- uh, Game of Thrones, more notably as the Night King, due to premature cancellation of Rome, both Kevin McKidd and James Purefoy, who was also sought after for a Game of Thrones role, uh, both literally said F you to HBO when they said that. So HBO is like, well, we want we want the Night King to look like Kevin McKidd. So what do they do? They go and hire look-alike actor Vladimir Furtick to play the human form of the Night King. And he looks damn near identical to Kevin McKidd. That is like a slap in the face. Now, now, mind you, uh, Vladimir, I've seen actually some of his other roles, and he's he is one of those things where you see a movie with him in it and you do kind of get him mixed up with Kevin McKidd. But he is a good actor in his own own right. But still, it's kind of like, oh, man, I hate that I got that wrong. But, yeah, HBO, you tricked me. You did. You, you got that look that you wanted right on you. Bad on me. Kind of creepy, but, uh, hey, it's effective. Do we have any other uh, errors in emissions? I thought we had some posted. The Dark Tower effect, we didn't, I guess we didn't explain what the Dark Tower effect was. Yeah, uh, basically that was me, just, I didn't mean Dark Tower effect, I meant the Stephen King effect, as in the fact that a lot of his films, uh, when they come into the actual theater, have not done as well as his made-for-TV miniseries have done. Hence why a lot of his films went to TV miniseries instead of in the big screen. Gotcha. It's just like what I said the other day. It's not really the Stephen King effect. It's the shitty director's effect. Yeah. But, uh, so next up, we're going into our queue. So it's been a while. Like, I 
I have a love-hate relationship with the Resident Evil films, mainly because they I hate them because they don't follow the ga- the games, but or when they try to put a character in to play one of the characters in the games, it just Ugh. doesn't work. But what I did is I had to go at it and start looking at it as it's a different universe. If I can look at it at like like I do comics, like it's a different universe, I started to find a lot of enjoyment in it. I really like Mila Jovovich as an actor, like or actress. I I love like. I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah, <laughs> but um, I mean, uh, big bada boom, and you know. Multipass, all that stuff, you know that, that I. Lilo Dallas Multipass. When I, I that's when I saw her in that film. That was really what started me to have you a crush on her. No, protect me. I protect you. Yes. I fifth element. <laughs> Sorry, it's all good. Well, I've been holding off watching the final chapter, mainly because I didn't want it to be over, and I wanted to watch it closer to knowing that the reboot was happening. So I could actually go back and see that. But my daughter and I, we had some one-on-one time the other night. And I wanted her to watch something where it had a strong female lead. So I wanted to see a girl kicking ass. And Wonder Woman isn't out to rent yet. So uh, we went with uh, Resident Evil, the final chapter. And it does a really good job of tying up all the loose ends. Somewhat predictable. But... Very, it was enjoyable. Like I liked the creature effects. I liked everything. Uh, basically, the the synopsis is: Alice returns to where the nightmare began, the hive in Raccoon City, where Umbrella Corporation is gathering its forces for a final strike against the only remaining survivors of the apocalypse. Director and writer Paul W. S. Anderson happens to be Mila Jovovich's husband. Ian Lucky. <laughs> Ian Glenn, who we all know as. Jorah, Mormont, and then Allie Larder uh, came back for this one. I was I was glad that they brought her back for that because she actually played a she played a good Claire. Um, out of the characters that they brought in from the game, her character I felt was a believable character in it. Um, it was a good little nod to see her back into in, into a film more recent. Uh, the the special effects, like I said, were really good for it. it wasn't too over the top, like, you know, like she has special powers or anything like this. It was just more of a return to the original as a swan song to say kind of goodbye, which, which it worked out really well in the end. Uh, it left it to where this, this is the thing I, I, I thought about. It. So though the ending ties things up nicely, it leaves options for a continuation or at least for the fans to imagine the future uh, adventures of Alice. I could see the series continuing as a comic or a novel while stepping aside for the already in development reboot. And that's basically where I see this going. I think that they're going to do like, I don't, we're not going to see any more films with her, but I feel that we're going to see a comic or a graphic novel. What number of film is this? With her? Oh, uh, I want to say it's six or seven. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, it's definitely time to retire this. Yeah, and so maybe do a full reboot would that's fine, but the current yeah yeah is it's way time yeah because I mean seven. I saw the first Resident Evil on my like when I my I, on my bachelor party when I was twenty one, getting married for the first 
time to a, a crazy lady. Um, and my, I had one buddy over my bachelor party was resident evil. So I guess that's kind of my, where I guess I could say it's my love hate relationship with it. <laughs> Cause it started, it started on a, I thought it was a good, then a bad, then a good, <laughs> but silver. Does the reboot have a director yet? I have not looked that far up on, on it. Um, I know that they are writing the story. That's what I know right now. Um, I think they were looking to have, uh, I mean, can you imagine if James Wan did Resident Evil? That's actually kind of who I was thinking of. Yeah, because I mean, I know that, that I thought I think that name was actually tossed around a little bit. Who else am I going to think I of can't... though? It's always James Wan or Mike Flanagan. <laughs> yeah, those two both are. Maybe Chef Michael Bay do it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> just ruining everything. Stop it. Come on, there will be explosions everywhere. He can just stick with with. <laughs> Yeah, how long ago was Bad Boys 3 supposed to come out? It's a good mm-hmm. question. <laughs> yeah, I've not seen anything about a director yet. Something that Brian and I can talk to you about a little bit. We can go into all sorts of detail with this. Silver, you're on uh you're 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 at the start of season 3 of something. Finally, finally, finally have made it uh partway almost halfway through season 3 of Game of Thrones. I know I'm still insanely behind, but I've only been watching it for a few weeks. So I was pretty excited that it, uh, to finally, you know, make some progress. Um, trying to remember. I gotta watch like five episodes last night. I finished season two last night. Um, clapped when Jamie lost his hand, mostly because he couldn't clap. Um, God, I'm trying to remember uh, where it was at. The last thing that I remember was, uh, you can, you can clap with one hand. Not very effectively. Um, I want to say I got through season three, episode four last night, maybe episode five. So I should have, I should be on a uh, season four by next week. I'd be through it a lot faster, but between all the games I'm reviewing and all the movies I've been watching, it's hard to juggle things. But uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm glad you guys finally told me to stop waiting and get in it, because <laughs> although the weird part. Um, I've done nothing but dream about dragons very, very vividly for the last week. I'm exhausted. So that's been kind of weird. So next up, I went and saw Annabelle Creation. I'm so jealous. With the family. Ah, dude. Nah, it was, it was good. Uh, basically Annabelle Creation, uh, it's 12 years after the tragic death of their little girl, a doll maker and his wife, welcome a nun and several girls from a shuttered orphanage into their home, soon becoming the target of the dollmaker's possessed creation, Annabelle. Now, this is starring Anthony LaPalgia. I'm totally screwing up his last name. My wife would kill me. Uh, One of my favorite movies that he's from, actually, is a 1992 film, Innocent Blood. It's a vampire film. Uh, And then summarily... she plays the little girl in it. Uh, she plays, uh, I'm not going to give her name away. So she, she plays a little girl in it. That's creepy as all hell. Uh, is this a little girl that's in Ouija origins of evil? No. Okay. Okay. Cause I know she's no. in, uh, in this one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get there. Miranda Otto is in this also. She plays Anthony's wife in it or, and that she's from Lord of the Rings, uh, played Eowyn. Oh. And then, uh, and a huge helping of the young actress, Lulu Wilson, who is That's... from Ouija. 
and she kills it in this she's show. Amazing like, she's amazing in Ouija. Yeah, she is a phenomenal actress. I look forward to seeing a lot more from her. This film is extremely creepy. It did it it well like it beats out it's not as like it I think it almost ties with The Conjuring 2. Ooh. Um, the Conjuring 2 is amazing. Yeah. So it almost it almost ties with it. You have to when you go into this film though you have to know the universe because it has elements that will be callbacks or call forwards because of the time period that it takes place in to the other films. I'm talking about the nun. <laughs> oh yes. I'm excited about that one. So and then uh Basically, the film does creepy, creepy perfectly. It leaves a little bit to be desired, but this is only due to the fact of it being a prequel of a prequel, and the story is set, so to speak. The film does succeed in making Annabelle better by answering questions that the film left uh, left the audience with. So basically, you know where this movie is going to end with. You know how it's going to end because we've seen the first Annabelle movie. This one connects right into that movie. And because of it... So much so like Rogue One did to episode four? Yes. So much so exactly. It's exactly like that. And because of that, it makes Annabelle that much better. Like before, Annabelle was kind of like, it was a good film, but it wasn't on the same same level as the others. Because of this... Have you rewatched Annabelle since you... Yes. Yes, I did. And because of that, because of seeing that one in theaters, it is, it makes it a lot better because it, it answers questions. It makes it flow a lot more with the series. So they did a great job with that. So, yeah, we were, um, I, I think uh, we're going to rewatch um, the first Annabelle because we saw it in theaters, you know, so it's been a while. Um, we're going to rewatch it this weekend and go see Creation next week. I am very, very excited. So we'll have to talk about that after I see it. Def definitely, we can talk a little bit more on that. Uh, also, when like Jeff gets on, mm-hmm. you know, when we got the horror crew together, horror or horror crew, yeah, or are we the same thing? The crew of horrors. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, speaking of that, we got Room One Hundred Four. This show, I still, I still haven't even like this tried show it. is so messed up. It really is. I but the thing is, is because Chris is totally into it. Jeff is totally into it. I get about halfway through the first episode, and I'm like, okay, no. I, I don't know if I want to finish this. But I pull one for the team. I watch through the rest of the episodes that are available, watch every single one of them, and I was just sitting there scratching my head like, what the hell did I just watch? This is almost bad as the uh, Netflix, or what is it, Black Mirror? You know what? Say, I like Black Mirror, too. I, I don't ever listen to what he I says. I could not stand that. Because I'm actually talking about Black Mirror in our hype train, and he doesn't like Annabelle, so anything he says... I, I don't like I don't like any horror Yeah, movies. so anything he says, I, just uh, just don't listen. Just ignore it. Just It's, it's, it's <laughs> not worth it. So I got through the first two episodes of this, and like Jeff said, you know, like... I mean, Jeff jumps in in episodes with me, so, you know, watching stuff. So I feel like I have to go along with this. And, and But I got through the first two episodes, and I was starting the third, and then all of a sudden I my had a power outage go out, like, right in the middle of it. And my power also went back on. Mind you, still, all my neighbors don't have power right now. It's because you were watching a crappy TV show. It just took out all my neighbors' power? <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
It's because of Room 104. Now, right. so basically, this it's an anthology. I, I view it almost because, like, I like, like, you know, ABC's of Death and all that stuff, but this is one that takes place all around one hotel room. It's, it's all the crazy stuff that goes in there. Episode one has a, like, episode one, at first you think it's a kid with uh, schizophrenia. This kid, you think he's schizo, like, you think he's just crazy or has multiple personalities, or he's just got an extremely hyperactive uh, imagination. But And that doesn't turn out to be the case. No! It turns out that the babysitter's the schizo. Exactly. And... But the fact is, is that that's, and to be honest, that first episode, because of that, because of that mind trick, I'm like, oh, that was weird. But now I'm kind of inner intrigued. What? Now I want to watch well, it. Well, truly, it's a double twist on it. Yeah. And then the next episode, the pizza boy. Oh, my God. The argument. Yeah. So Jeff talked about this weird thing, trying to explain the pizza boy thing in the, in the Vanderbeek sighting and then the arguments and all this stuff. Again. The ending flips it so like like you think it does a false ending, and you think it's just dark. The screen goes black, fade to black, and then it comes up and they start. It shows up with a whole different like ending, and you're like, "What? No, no way!" So now because of that, I am intrigued enough that I'm going to finish this series out because. It's played enough games with my brain that I'm actually I'm I'm, I'm intrigued now. <laughs> so Jeff, yes, you got me hooked on something. I'm glad I got you hooked on something. We'll talk some more a little bit about it later. I, I seem to be like the Damien week for watching things. Because you have too much time on your hands. So another movie that I've been wanting to see for a while. I was trying to wait to watch this with my wife, but she's been really busy and everything. And she said I'm not really interested. I got some other stuff I want to watch. Uh, we're talking nerve. Now this is uh, this has Emma Roberts. This is Julia Roberts' niece. Um, I like her. Yeah, and she's really good. Like I liked her in the TV series uh, Scream Queens, and just pretty much everything else that she's done. She's a, she's a really really uh, great uh, young actress that's uh, up and coming. Has a lot of the. I mean, she looks a lot like her like her aunt. Um, but. Basically, Nerve is a, a high school senior finds herself immersed in an online game of Truth or Dare, where her every move starts to become manipulated by an anonymous community of watchers. Now, this is starring, like I said, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. The film... Used, I think I remember hearing about this. Yeah, the film uses a lot of like neon stuff like that, a lot of bright colors. It's... It also does the same thing, and this film was filmed before the one that I watched, the Netflix original, uh, You Get Me, but it does the thing where when they're trying to, it puts the actor or actress offset and then uses the big part of the uh, of the scene, open scene, to be able to put in text messages and things like that, that as an overlay so that you, the viewer, can see what's being said. Again, I really like the way they did this stuff because it works with today's technology and still gets you to be able to feel what's going on in the film. Now, this film, if I was to try to explain it, though, it's really kind of hard. Like, So this is basically, this is the geek version of how to explain this film. The film was like a Vulcan mind meld of Running Man, Death Race, and The Hunger Games if it took place in a quasi-Gilmore Girls setting mixed with the, t- or the movie Hackers. 
That's quite the um. It's a it's a it's a Heinz fifty seven. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good, and you know it it was you know it wasn't spectacular, but it it did what it needed to do. It was entertaining. And you can find this right now on Amazon Prime. So if you have Amazon Prime, you can just go on the videos and check it out. It's definitely worth the, what I think, like two hours or whatever it is. And it has a pretty good twist to the end that because of everything that's going on, you don't necessarily see coming. So I, I definitely I definitely recommend it. Interesting. When I saw the uh, trailers and stuff, it didn't really stand out a whole lot, even though I do like the cast. So that's encouraging this has sat in my queue for a long time and i just finally like you know what i'm just i'm gonna give it a shot but that unless any of you guys have anything else brandon you've been watching anything recently uh no but tonight i will be watching something as i'm sure you will be as well if you don't pass out are you talking about the leak if you don't know what i'm talking about no defenders oh Oh my god i totally forgot it launches tonight oh god i'm pulling both of your geek cards. I totally forgot. And that's the eight episodes? Eight episodes on Netflix. I wonder if I can get through them tonight. tonight. I wonder if I can get through all of them. Dude, you haven't slept yet. Don't even try that shit. I got another rock star. I think I can do this. I'm like, You cannot pull a fout. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sometimes I can. Yeah, the only things... Uh... The only other things that I've watched this week is I did watch a couple more horror movies. Big shock, huh? Uh, but, uh, I finally watched Hush, which Jeff keeps telling me to watch. It was amazing. Oh my god. So good. And then, um, we watched Dead Silence, which is one of James Wan's older films. It's one of his originals. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Was, it's with, uh... I, I hadn't seen it. Hadn't heard of it. And I was like, hey, 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 I know this guy. And I absolutely loved it. Yeah, the, the, the practical effects in that are really, really good. They are. They are, and like I'm, I'm a sucker for practical effects. That's that's a huge thing for me. Um, in fact, I just realized I didn't put something in that I needed to. Uh, it's coming up here, but I'll just pop it in anyway. My husband's a big fan of um. My husband's a big fan of clowns and puppets and dolls, and actually, I'm surrounded by his creepy ass clown dolls right now. But uh, which actually reminds me, we also watched um clown on uh netflix it was better than i thought it would be it wasn't horrible it's a really good one it was actually yeah, pretty good I mean, it's a demon watched what now clown. clown yeah it's a it's a demonic uh puts on a costume for his kid's birthday party and then can't get it off and it, it was actually kind of cool like we turned it on because you know like patrick's really into clowns and stuff and he's like hey what's that and i was like yeah why not we're just sitting here like not doing anything it's like the middle of the night and turn it on it was actually pretty good but the other than that that's about all i've watched lately just those three yeah i talked about that a while back in an episode the guy starts becoming a demon and the, the clown outfit is actually skin mm-hmm. it's so. based on a uh scandinavian folklore like halfway through because like i'm real big on folklore mythology and stuff so like halfway through i'm like wait a minute and i looked it up i was like yep it's uh real folklore that makes for a much better movie for me so next up we're gonna go into our hype train
Alright, so first up in the hype train, Star Wars Obi-Wan Kenobi film in the works, official, and they may have their director. Yay! Okay, who's the director? <laughs> Steven Daldry. Why is that Do name? Do you know who that, that is? The name sounds really mm-hmm. familiar. Okay, so he directed, Net- uh, let's see, most, re- most recently directed episodes of Netflix period drama, The Crown. Oh, okay. Holy shit. Which garnered him an Emmy nomination for it. He's also the Oscar-nominated director behind Billy Elliot and The Hours. There's no official word on when this is supposed to take place, whether it's supposed to be between Episode 3 and 4 or before Episode 1. So we're not sure on that yet. Craziness. My theory is it's going to be before Episode 1. Um couple of the guys with uh, Rectify are thinking it's going to be like a 3.5 kind of thing, kind of like Rogue One. But I think it's going to take place before The Phantom Menace. Do we think if it I takes place before The Phantom Menace, are we going to see Qui-Gon? I hope so, because he's my favorite. That's the reason why I don't think that'll happen, is because I don't think they want to have to recast Qui-Gon, and I don't know. He's he's usually taken by something. Ah. Dream Crusher. But he's got, he's, he's got, a, he's got a, you know, a certain set of skills. Exactly. Yeah, he's definitely my favorite Jedi, so that would be amazing. Next up, I'm actually going to talk about something that I've been waiting for for a very, 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 very long time. And it's a return to the horror side of it. Gremlins 3. Chris Columbus has been working on the script for Gremlins for a few years now. He's completed the script for the film and has recently talked about revealing some of the details that are going into it. The The film is also going to... It's going to take place 30 years later. It is a direct sequel. Oh. Zach Galligan will reprise his role as Billy. Now, the problem is, is that it's going to... They're going to... They're not like... They're going to cover the fact that there's been other outbreaks of gremlins over this 30-year period. I would hope so, and but I, I hope not. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And so there's been and there's a, there's been a growing death count. And so the, the script is going to be really dark and it's going to actually focus around some of the, you know, some of the factors that people are going to have to think about is at what point do you destroy Gizmo because of the death that he technically even though he's not call, causing, he's causing by, he's fault. causing by osmosis. But he's so cute. Well, half the time. Now, with this, the way he's writing it, I what I think is is that, even, or if they wanted to go off and make like another, like they could have a bullet. They're they're trying to say, is Gizmo? Did he have a long time of training to become nice, or Mogwai's actually inherently bad, and then that you can be trained to behave, or is it a recessive gene to be good? And if that's so, they're talking, is there going to be like, you know, out of this batch, will he get himself a friend that will actually help him protect him or or something like that? The other idea of it that people now fans are starting to say is, will we see in the end if there if like it's like some brawl fight and, you know, Gizmo needs to protect? Is he going to have control over a gremlin form? Will Gizmo eat after midnight to become a gremlin to fight? And then die in the end. 
to be able to help save Billy. This is a lot of stuff that's going around what the director said. The director says, I'm really proud, or the, the writer, excuse me. I'm really proud of the script. It's as twisted and dark as anything. So we'll see. It's always a budgetary conversation when we're going to shoot it. I want to go back to the really twisted sensibility of the first movie. I found that was a very easy place for me to fall back into and start writing again. Hopefully we'll see that in the movie soon. Also, they've already said that they want to do 90% practical effects and only use CG where it is necessary. Interesting. So they're going full puppets. Well, and even just using puppetry, you know, 30 years makes a huge difference in, uh, you know, the look and feel of the film. So I think it'll be, I think it'll work really well. But uh, you still see puppets used, um, you know, like the first Saw film. Uh, Billy was actually a a puppet. After that, he was um, mechanical. Um... There's another film I saw recently that um, actually used um, an old-fashioned puppet, but I think it'll work really well. Especially because then they're not straying too far off of the originals. Which is great, because they're classics. Yeah, because yeah, they just basically said, over the past 30 years, the evil gremlins have been out causing havoc and killing people. If too many people are dying, then, of course, one option would be to eliminate the source, which would be Gizmo. That's where the writer says, this is what we're going to be touching on eth- uh, on ethical issues and bringing in the drama. I love Gizmo so much. Same here, but it's just something that at least the third is finally coming, and whichever the way route they go on it, I'm I'm actually good with. Now, next up, when I went to see Annabelle, they had a segment, they had the Georgie segment that they showed from It. And so it's the full scene of him talking to Georgie and basically right before he attacks him. I have never like I have never seen a film that has made me so uncomfortable and so intrigued by the acting involved and just creeped out as that scene there. I am so ready for this movie. I it's going to give a lot of people issues like this if if that scene there was so well played out this is going to really screw people up, and I, I'm re- I'm ready to I'm ready to to take take it on. But man, it I I don't want to give too much away for people who haven't seen it. But the acting is amazing, and like I mean, I would put the acting in that is so far what I've seen as the clown. In comparison to Heath Ledger's The Joker, really, if not, if not, better than Heath Ledger's Joker. That I might actually see this then. That like I might actually go watch a horror movie because of that. That's that's how creepy and how well done. Like I don't know how this guy's able to able to look at himself in the mirror and and be able to not be scared because how like like it was. Like I had goosebumps, and I don't. I like. I I see scary movies, and they don't scare me. You know, I go through haunted houses most of the time. They don't scare me. This made me so uncomfortable because of how well acted the clown was. Pennywise is amazing. That makes me excited because uh, the 1990 TV version, um, the only acting that impressed me at all was Tim Curry. But of course, it was Tim Curry. So. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you got. I mean, Tim. 
Tim Curry is so good under under prosthetic makeup and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, look look at look, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that the movie, the early Tom Cruise movie, Legend, was Tim Curry as the demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so you know, in the original Pennywise was the only like truly in- enjoyable part. So you saying that, my excitement just went from a hundred percent to about a thousand. Yeah, it, it's uh, I, I can't I cannot wait. So silver. You wanted to talk Black Mirror. Yes. Um, Boo. I, I knew that was coming, so that's why I paused. Um, <laughs> trying to be respectful of the boss here. I. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on now, hang on now. Who's the boss? Oh, Tony Danza. Oh well. So say if nobody's gonna claim it, I'll do it. Um. So I went to my sister's earlier uh, for dinner because she got a new puppy and she's sick and needed some help with him. And uh, she was watching Black Mirror with my mom when I showed up. And my mom was like, no, no, you've got to watch this episode. For some reason, my mom is obsessed with season three, episode three. Not quite sure. And so she's like, just sit down. And I was like, dude, I got to get home, take my notes, get ready for the show. And she's like, just sit down and watch this. I'm like, okay. And it was actually really interesting. Um... How far into the series are you, Damien? Uh, I've watched it. I've I've seen the whole thing, just bits and like not in one sitting. So it takes me a little bit to go back and remember. Okay, um, I watched the first two episodes and said no. This one was the one where um, it's the teenager. And they have a video that he doesn't want leaked, and he so he has to do what they say through his cell phone, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this is actually really interesting. And So it's like Nerve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but almost almost like a Saw ac- uh, aspect, just a lot less gore, like 0%. But uh, I just watched one episode, so I'll probably start over from um, episode one. That's why I put it in my hype train instead of... I thought it was pretty interesting. But I kind of liked that uh, psychological thriller aspect. Fouts down here shaking his head at me. I skipped episode one, I'm just telling you. <coughs> so next up, we got uh, Thor Ragnarok drops the international trailer. What do you think? Oh my god, dude. Hulk versus Finrear. Well, they ah! showed that in the first one. I know, I know, but they show Most more. people you missed it, it, and I even pointed out when they dropped it, I said, do you guys know who the wolf was? Well, yeah, I knew who like, no, was. Yeah, no, it was no. his son. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, same here. Like, it just, it, it's just cool seeing all the interaction and stuff going into it, and and death. The best part about it was, is you see Doctor Strange in the trailer. So yes. you know that it's starting out there. With Doctor Strange and Thor in New York or whatever, because Thor still has his long hair, so you know it starts there. Yeah, because and also, then goes on. well, also because they have to try to find Odin. Don't yell at me. I still haven't seen Doctor Strange. It's on Netflix. I know. I just haven't gotten around to it, and I, since I've been disabled, I don't really go to the theater anymore because those chairs are just horrendous, and it's really more of an inconvenience to have to go in with a wheelchair so i missed it in theaters i know it's on netflix but i've been watching nothing but horror movies so stop judging me (laughs) but it is one of the like if if not the best it is one of the best marvel i know and i love benedict cumberbatch i love doctor strange just have not gotten around to it 
So please stop judging me. I can see it on your faces. Ne- next next week, you'll be talking Doctor Strange. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or, yeah, I probably shouldn't show up in Seattle no, the week no. after, huh? No, you will be talking Doctor Strange yeah. next week. Yeah, I figured that or not show my <laughs> the face. The boss is giving you directions. The boss is giving you homework. Straight from Tony Danza. I feel cheated. It's your own fault. <laughs> next Anyways, up, continuing yeah. on, we got Godzilla <laughs> Monster Planet. Now, is this yes. the Netflix version? It is. This is the Netflix anime. And oh my God, dude. It looks it looks fantastic. I love the animation in it. It's done by uh Is there Toho. a trailer? I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, there is a trailer for it's it. It's Toho and Polygon and Productions. I'll look it up real quick. Now, the thing about this though is that the 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 main question that people are having about this is is that why is that they're they're really hoping that there's more features on Godzilla because right now you don't see eyes and stuff like that. You see like silhouettes. And they're hoping that there's a lot more detail to Godzilla is the main critique that I've been hearing. Uh, why, as somebody that watches a lot of anime, they do stuff like that for trailers and posters on purpose because they want you like they want it to be a big reveal, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, they they want it to be like a surprise almost. Um, I remember when the first season of Attack on Titan came out, they did that a lot with the uh, pre-release. Uh, images and, and videos and everything the they showed a little bit of like the colossal titan but the rest of them they didn't show much so really only the manga fans knew what was going on so mm-hmm. and that just made um because i hadn't read the manga yet that made the premiere like that much cooler and especially considering uh this godzilla one is a film and not a series i think that's exactly what they're going for very cool yeah it's it looks i mean what I think's cool about this is because they've been wanting to merge Godzilla, uh, you know, the, the the Monster Island and a lot of stuff. They've been wanting talking about merging that with with uh, Pacific Rim's kaiju for mm-hmm. a while now. And if you, I mean, granted that that word is used uh, to represent big creatures, but it talks about him fighting these alien beings that are not of Earth. As kaiju, and so what hasn't been said yet is if this is in relation to Pacific Rim. If we're going to see, I mean, how badass would it be if you see them come down from the ship and they have giant robots, and then he's like, "Oh, you know, here's a Jaeger reference." I'd be down for that because there's supposed to be a movie. There's supposed to eventually be a movie of Godzilla and Pacific Rim. Eventually. Interesting. Hey, we haven't even gotten the sequel yet, though, so True. I'm one of the rare individuals that very, very much enjoyed Pacific Rim, at least around my town. Most people didn't like it. Uh, okay, I, both of I us love are Pacific in love Rim. with the movie, so I don't even start there. I, I, yeah. Real, real quick, is there an English version to this stupid trailer? I have not no. seen an English version. Or is there one with subtitles? Not I have yet. not seen one with subtitles either. <laughs> okay, you suck. That, that doesn't help It's me not either. our fault. Or is it? I blame you. You should. Well, I I do have I do have it written down what the synopsis is in English, so I can do this for you. Godzilla Monster Planet, uh, a new Japanese trailer has been released for Toho's upcoming animated film Monster Planet. It looks to be freaking awesome, but it's basically what happens is it takes place 
the Earth is being, uh, Godzilla is fighting off kaiju, giant alien monsters. In the process, there's a lot of collateral damage and people are getting killed. They send humanity off in a planet to another, to go to another planet, basically saying, uh, screw you guys. We're going to go find another place. We're going to, you know, survive elsewhere. We give up. You guys can have Earth. Now, one of the people that's on the ship was a little boy who watched his parents get killed by Godzilla as collateral damage. Goes over. When they get to the other planet, they find out that the other planet, they did a miscalculation. And it's actually uh, the, the, like the, the surface of the planet is inhospitable for human life. So they're like, instead of, instead of trying to figure out another way to do it, they decide to go back to Earth. By time they get back to Earth, that little boy now is in is a uh, is like a late teen to early twenty something, and is basically running the ship and decides to make a full on attack to try to take out and kill Godzilla for his revenge. That is like the main requirement for any shonen or seinen uh, anime series or film. Parents must die in the beginning. I mean, yeah. same with Batman. Yeah. Well, well, I. <laughs> well, yeah, Batman is Shogun. Because I'm Batman. Yep, yep. Yeah. He's a Shogun. So. And then Disney just likes to break your heart, so. True. But, yeah. Bambi. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean, Bambi? What do you mean, what do you mean, Bambi? What are you talking about? Parents the, always they, die? They die. What? It, what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, damn it. We spoiled it for him. Next, we got a. Now they're saying it's kind of a lower budget, but they or the company that's doing it has been able to extend that budget to basically make a outstanding film, well, an outstanding visually looking film on a lower budget. And this is one of those ones where it's a we're waiting to see if it's going to be a hit or miss. Uh, it's it's starting, kind of a sleeper because I started, never heard of it until just now. Well, starting Kellen Lutz, and and he. <laughs> <laughs> and he he's either good or he's bad. Like there's no in between with him. What other things has he been in? Twilight. He's been he played Hercules and he sucked as Hercules. On a, on but but then he also played a Greek god in uh in and I am it, it's a I'm pulling a blank on it. I can't think of it. Mickey Rourke's in it as I know. Um, but. He basically he played a Greek god and he was good at that, but and then he played in some other he's played in some other like lower budget films that were actually pretty decent, but this film looks like it plays a little bit more to his to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, when he's allowed to do action with little bits of drama, he usually does pretty well. If they try to do rely heavily on drama acting with him. We haven't seen anything that's been really good with him in that. This one, it has some some pretty good dra- uh, dramatic elements to it, so we'll, we'll see on it. Um, but basically, uh, th- th- this is the thing that gets everybody though is the name of the film. <laughs> it's the Osiris Child, Science Fiction Volume One. It's a really weird name. Uh, it's set in the future uh, in a time of interplan- interplanetary colonization. Psy, played by Lutz, is a mysterious drifter. He meets Kane, uh, which is uh, Daniel McPherson, 
Daniel McPherson played the prince and slash king for a little while on the season one of the Shannara Chronicles. Uh, McPherson is a lieutenant working for an off-world military contractor, Exor. The unlikely pair must work together to rescue Kane's young daughter, Croft, which is, uh, let's see, Croft would be, doesn't say on that, uh, and reach safety amid an impending global crisis, which was brought on by Exor itself. Teaming up with the pair of renegades, Ford and Lucas, uh, Kane and Psy slash with Exor, or clash with Exor and attempt to escape the planet while battling savage creatures on the realm of the planet. Basically, if you see the film, uh, Brandon? Uh, Croft is the actual actress's name. The character Uh, being played is Indy Somerville. Ah, okay. My bad. So Croft's name is Tegan Croft. That's the little girl that plays the daughter in it. Um, So first off, when when you see it, the the preview looks just like a mixture of all great things sci-fi. But the storyline like would almost make you think like a pitch black or or so, so, something along the one of those lines with the with, with Chronicles of Riddick. It kind of has that kind of feel of a sci-fi to it. But the preview would make you think a mixture of Star Wars and everything else combined into it. So it it's it, it's uh it, I mean cuz the first initial part because it takes place on like a prison planet almost makes you also think of Fortress with Christopher Lambert. So it's it's definitely going to be a mix, kind of up in the air of if it's going to be good or bad. I'm I got high hopes for it. I pr- I'm not going to go see it in theaters, but I'm hoping this is one of those ones where you can rent or see in theaters, and then I was I'll, I will rent it and then, uh, check it out that way. I think it looks pretty good, actually. Um, I, I agree, it might be more of a rental type film. But, or a, oh, hey, this is on sale, you know, I probably won't bother seeing it in theaters, but um, it's definitely caught my attention. Now, does the film have your attention, or does Kill and Let's have your attention? In case my husband is listening to this, um, the film. <laughs> <laughs> so, supposedly this is already out, because it was released at the Seattle International Film Festival on 24 May of this year. Uh, Fantastic Fest is getting it in the 24th of September. See, because it says it doesn't release in theaters until October 6th. Yeah, so this has already been released and viewed through the Seattle International Film Festival. Yeah, so this movie was actually made in 2016. Yeah, sounds about right. Especially for a uh, film festival, because it is a, an indie film. Or more of an indie film. Yeah, it's, an, it's an Aussie film. It is, it, it is. in Australia? Yeah. I'll just say, it does have that kind of Mad Max feel too. To mm-hmm. it. And Mad Mad Max was an Aussie film. They they do they do good sci fi. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for episode fifty seven of NRQ. Uh, let's tell everybody where we can find ourselves. Damien, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Damien Nash, all one word. I loved how you just like 
threw up the old gangster sign when you said that. I mean, it just looked like <laughs> Damien Nash, man. What's up? <laughs> Silver, where can we find you, you at? You can find me on uh, Twitter uh, at SilverSoulX10. That is X10. And RectifyGaming.com, uh, where I do podcasts, articles, and game reviews. Awesome. Uh, also, heads up, we have a brand new email address. And we would love to get some feedback on how everything is going from you guys. And so that's going to be podcast at ecologistradio.com. So uh, send us an email. And for me, you can find me on Twitter at bfouts82. That's B-F-O-U-T-Z-8-2. And for all the rest of us, we're on Twitter at geekologistradio, minus a T for character restrictions. And, and on, on behalf of the rest of us, uh, I'd just like to say thanks for tuning in, and we are meowed. <laughs>